The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024 and on July 4th stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. thatkevintour.com thatkevintour.com or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com Are you or a loved one battling cancer? Discover Oasis of Hope, an alternative treatment hospital where faith and medicine combine for effective healing. Listen to this testimonial from Michelle Tucker, a cancer victor. The third time I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it had spread to my pancreas, and my doctor had given me four weeks to live. I went to Oasis of Hope, and six years later, I am alive and well. Michelle's story is replicated hundreds of times over, including in the McCullough household. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I thoroughly endorse the Oasis of Hope, and I think you'll find the help that you're looking for. Call 888-500-4673 for a medical consultation and free magazine. Call 888-500-4673. That's 888-500-4673. Oasis of Hope does not guarantee specific outcomes or results. Hi, Kevin McCullough. You know, we always talk about how to keep your immune system on the healthy uh, it's your most important defense against most of the uh, wellness maladies that are out there right now. And when you talk about the little ingredients that help you the most, vitamin B12, vitamin C, vitamin D, and some zinc, you can get all of that in one place. An all-natural supply of BC Boost will help your body boost your antioxidants and fight those diseases. Uh, antioxidants like vitamin C, which helps strengthen your body's natural defense mechanisms uh, powerful antioxidants help harmful free ra- uh, neutralize harmful free radicals and help fight infections and oxidate stress and support a healthy immune system all the way around stay protected by getting your own bc boost with bc boost go to bcboost.com that's bcboost.com bcboost.com The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024 and on July 4th stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. thatkevintour.com, thatkevintour.com, or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com. 
You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters. Uh, Kevin McCullough, and here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Obliterating confusion. Amplifying truth. And pursuing clarity. Kevin McCullough, now. We're going to get a very clear picture of a couple of different uh, hot spots, regions in the world that uh, America needs to be paying attention to. Uh, General Keith Kellogg is going to give us an idea of how ready our military is in terms of the current uh, climate uh, that we face. And KT McFarland here with a very special region that we're going to discuss. Stay with us. Something interesting is happening with this. Kevin McCullough, let me start with you. I found this thing at townhall.com by Kevin McCullough. The big dog has come out of nowhere. Kevin McCullough. I just want to help people think. Nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. He is playing the role. As, uh, as well as anyone he could. Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. The odds are he's right. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. I want to do a little bit of an update on what's going on uh, with uh, our current national security uh, picture and joining me once again is general keith kellogg who joins us on a regular basis and uh he was of course an advisor to vice president pence and uh, president donald trump uh when they were uh in office and <clears throat> general i i can't tell you how often it runs uh, through my mind um what an, an enormous mess the next commander-in-chief is going to inherit from this current group and when you look at Iran, when you look at China, when you look at North Korea, when you look at Russia, when you look at our willingness to continue to continue to fork over billions and billions to Ukraine, and some are wondering, are we getting a good return on that investment? The entire national security apparatus globally for the U.S. seems to be at, at best in questionable situ- circumstances uh, and, and at very worst um, not as strong as we need to be i mean even the losing of a 30 of, a, of an f35 this week kind of points to this anxiety that i think many americans are concerned about first of all what's your assessment of what i've just laid out and and what do you think our biggest challenges are given that we're now heading into an election cycle and this has to be part of the conversation yeah, Kevin, first of all, thanks for having me today. I, I do appreciate being with you. Look, I, you kind of nailed it. You get it right on the head. This next year and then this next administration, national security is going to become a very, very important discussion topic and how to solve a lot of the problems because the problems compound themselves. It's not like you're handling or trying to work just one issue, let's just say Russia. But now you've got Russia combining with China, combining with North Korea, combining with Iran, you know, and, and you, you look at those all working in the Middle East and the Pacific and the Atlantic region, the European region, those are all significant issues, and they're hard to solve. But And then if you let one of them get out of the box and then it joins with the second, it, it just, that's what I mean, the comment, it compounds itself. And that's the reason why in the Trump administration, here's what we try to do. We try to keep them as separate as we could. In other words, let's just use Korea as an example. When President Trump decided to work with Kim Jong-un in North Korea, there were a lot of people pretty skeptical because nothing had ever happened before. And he said, we've got to give it a try because we need to kind of separate them from the others, from the pack. And so he made it a conscious effort because he was told by President Obama that North Korea would be a significant issue in his administration, and he was right. And he, he'd wanted to talk to him because he thinks that talking is very, very important to both your allies and your adversaries, and you wanted to separate them. And so that's what we did. We separated the Iranians with, in, when we 
walked away from Jokpoa, we set up the Abraham, Abraham Accords, we separated Russia, we separated China, we made them each one of them discreet, and we didn't let them get combined and be a collective issue. Now they're a collective issue. And the reason why that's so very important is now you saw what happened with Putin going to meet up with Kim Jong-un. Well, what that means is in the long term is Putin needs arms, weapons. He'll probably get those from North Korea. And then he'll provide North Korea better ballistic capabilities in his missiles so he continues to develop his nuclear systems. And that's the reason why you want to keep them separated and why they're so bad when they get together. So what's happened with this administration by letting them happen and get together like that, it is going to cause enormous problems for the next administration, whoever that is going to be, to try and solve those issues. Because my experience is once those get out of the box and once you run into a problem like that, collectively speaking, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know the ramifications of it. And that's that's the real fear because then you run into escalation or something like that. Well, so, so- yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, a pretty big mess is what it turns out. So what you're describing is kind of worst case scenario of what we've already got. But then you have President Zelensky talking to Scott Pelley on CBS 60 Minutes Sunday night saying that Putin is specifically, and I have to think that this is true of Xi and Un and um, the clerics in Iran, that they are specifically watching the 24 cycle hoping, waiting, anticipating that there will be some destabilization of the United States, whether it's, you know, um, protests over the election or protests against, uh, you know, Donald Trump or whatever the case may be. They're, they're, the, the, our opponents are actually looking for a moment where we are destabilized. And Zelensky thinks that if there is a point in time where Putin is willing to use um, battlefield munitions of a nuclear variety, that that's going to be the moment that it occurs when the U.S. is caught a little off guard and not quite, um, you know, flat footed uh, and ready to go. What What is your thought about how this election impacts the decision making of those four very questionable characters? Yeah, you know, I, it, it's a great question. It was great comment, great thoughts behind it. I I think Part of that, some people are picking it up. Well, this is the reason why you need to have somebody like a Biden for stability and you get worried about a Trump. I, I'm just the opposite. What Trump did is he brought real leadership into the fold. Example, he would pick up the phone and he'd pick up and call Putin or he'd call Xi like he did when he, he talked to Mullah Barada when we were doing the Afghanistan right. d- discussions. Biden hasn't done that. So the real destabilization is currently what we have. What you want to have is somebody that comes in and they become very concerned and it raises their level of risk because our president is going to bring force and leadership to the issue. So I I think he is saying it is correct, but I think what you want to have is somebody that's willing to talk really hard in a very, very strategic way to to both sides. You know, right now, I don't see that at all. Uh, I see this administration talking and really not saying very much. Right. Uh, and I, and I think it's, it's a huge mistake. You know, you know, when you look at it, you know, years ago, some pretty smart, uh, political scientists talked basically about things like we're talking about right now. There was a guy named, uh, Hans Morgenthau. He wrote a book called Politics Among Nations. When I went to, when I was in college and then in graduate school, as long as you had to read it. And, and he made a comment that quote, statesmen are always tempted to sacrifice the requirements of good foreign policy to the applause of the masses. 
and he must strike a prudent balance. That's what you have to do with the Ukraine-Russia issue. You have to figure out what that balance is instead of just listening to the masses what we need to do or not do. And and right now we're just listening to the masses and not coming up with a prudent plan. I mean, I'll give anybody a hundred bucks if they can say to me, "Okay, this is the actual plan for uh, Ukraine and Russia on on peace negotiations." Because right now there are none. And, you know, well, yeah, and I then even general the plans real- that we do put into place just this week, six billion to the to the mullahs in Iran. Uh, and yeah. they get they get terrorists back, and we get five people that I'm not sure. And and President Trump got 58 hostages released, and not and didn't have to pay people a dime. Well, that's right. I mean, you know, we had Robert O'Brien, basically, he's a chief negotiator, and we never gave up a penny, and he brought a lot of people out. And and I think people have to understand, you know, that's the, the core of senior leadership. That's what you want to have in a leader, and it has to be people. A very, very forceful leader, and I saw that happen with with Trump. And I'm honestly, you know, you know, I'm partisan to that. But I was also for four years. I watched it. You know, there's no book out there, Kevin, that was, you know, you know, dummies for president. Meaning, you know, you can't just pick a book and study it because it's, you learn on the job. Yeah. Well, General Keith Kellogg, we appreciate your insights, and certainly something we're going to be praying about and watching as we go forward. Thank you again for being with us. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Stay here. This is the Duck Commander Phil Robertson. Get your Bible out. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Well, they made a movie about my testimony called The Blind. It's in theaters starting September the 28th. If you or someone you know thinks they're beyond redemption, go see my story. Get your tickets today at theblindmovie.com. This film is rated PG-13 and may be inappropriate for children under 13. I was a child when I was abducted by the Arabs. My parents used to own livestock, and my mother would do all the cooking for us. I don't remember the year that I was captured. There had never been any problems in our village. Then one day, all of a sudden, we heard that there were Arabs attacking Dinka villages throughout the south. We were so worried, we could not even sleep at night. It was a big concern to my mother and my father. We were told that these Arabs were heavily armed and would kill all the animals and people when they would attack. We were very scared. Then one morning, they attacked our village. We scattered in different directions and I ran, but I was captured. My entire village was burned down and I've never seen a member of my family since. Then I was taken north into slavery. My eyes saw horrific things on that trip to the north. Women were raped right in front of us. Men were beaten, and four men were killed because they tried to fight back. They were shot dead before our eyes. Once at the slave master's house, I was pretty much starved and worked brutal hours every single day doing difficult and very, very hard work. There was no relief, and then... They raped me. 
My slave master did not think of me as a human. He would not even let me go to the hospital when I fell sick. And one day I heard that there was a slave retriever from CSI close by. How I wanted to be free. That retriever secured my freedom. And thank God I was able to return to South Sudan. Thank you to each of you who helped the slaves be free. But please don't stop until we get them all. And may I just add that we are so thankful that you have been part of the team that has helped us liberate more than 45 slaves this year already. Of the 192 that are on the list, 45 of them uh, have been liberated, and we have more that we are about to embark upon to do. You may know the violence in, in Sudan is very dangerous right now, and yet our slave liberators are more committed than ever to getting them out. Uh, to get them to safety and to get them to uh, be reunited with their family. If you'd like to help us, here's the number, 888-342-1010, or go to bringherhome.org for all the details. Bringherhome.org, bringherhome.org. Help us put an end to slavery in this lifetime, 888-342-1010. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024, and on July 4th, stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. Thatkevintour.com. Thatkevintour.com. Or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com. Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad you're with us and rejoining us after a brief respite to go visit and hold the grandbabies is uh, Katie McFarland, who, when she's not holding and uh, hugging on grandbabies, she's figuring out national security and global uh, terrorism issues for us uh, in, in such a capacity as she did for two presidents. Uh, at the Pentagon. KT, it's good to have you back. I see that on Fox and on a couple of other radio shows, you've been talking about this love affair that Joe Biden has with Iran. And I don't think I've heard anybody else put it in that vernacular. And I'm very curious what you mean. And if you could explain to my listeners uh, why it's so uh, dangerous. All right. So it's not just the Biden administration. It's the Obama administration. And they're really the same people who were handling Iran policy, but they've been in love with Iran for, you know, 15 years. And they pursued a nuclear agreement, which wasn't going to stop Iran's nuclear program. It was going to allow Iran to have nuclear weapons on a timeline and have them legitimately. So that was number one. That was the Iran nuclear deal. They pursued it, and the Obama administration, the Trump administration, canceled it for good reason. And then the Biden administration is trying to re-up it. But Iran is, is playing like the reluctant suitor. Um, meanwhile, the 
uh, Biden administration has just secured the release of six hostages, American hostages, which they claim is a great victory um, in exchange for $1.2 billion per hostage. And it's money that's going to go directly to Iran, and Iran is going to use it to build its nuclear program. So it's like somehow the Biden administration has figured that if, well, we could just get close to Iran, things are going to be good. Meanwhile, what that has done is to oddly enough, give the Biden administration its only foreign policy success, which is to push Israel and Saudi Arabia closer. And let me explain why all this is happening and why it's important to us. So Israel and Saudi Arabia, Israel and Iran, enemies forever. The Trump administration orchestrated the Abraham Accords between Israel and not Saudi Arabia, but all the other Gulf Arab states. And it was to have a peace agreement. They were going to have free trade between them. And it's worked out spectacularly well. Now the Saudis are negotiating with Israel to have that kind of an agreement as well. And it's not just a peace agreement, not just saying that we're not going to fight each other, we're not going to go to war, but it also is part of an economic agreement. They're going to build a road corridors. They're going to trade with each other. It's going to be an era of, of complete prosperity to the Arabs and to the Israelis. And it's good for the Arabs because it gives them a way to diversify their economy away from oil. Meanwhile, the Biden administration, instead of applauding all this, is just still chasing after Iran, thinking they're going to get a good deal out of Iran. And the Iranians, the leadership in Iran, has, is just laughing at them. And when the Biden administration said, well, the $6 billion of hostage payments are going to go for humanitarian goods, you know, medicines for pregnant women and food for children, the Iranian government just laughed and said, no, we're going to use it for whatever we want, which presumably is going to be nuclear weapons and more terrorism attacks against Israel. Well, it's interesting because, and I think you're the first uh, public policy person to put that together, but no one of a serious mind thought that the um, the billions for hostages deal had really any merit to it. I mean, across the board, people were saying, this is this is dumb. Why are we doing this? Let me ask you this. Saudis and uh, Israelis have an interesting history because uh, obviously Israel is been what it's been and there have been a lot of uh, countries that have tried to change that <laughs> they don't want them there and etc um but the saudis are kind of leaders in the region i guess uh, at least from my perspective and does this kind of in combination with the abraham accords and now saudi's openness to uh, opening up even further relations does this really solidify um some degree of security for israel were Iran to actually go on the offensive? Absolutely, and that's why they're doing it. Um, Iran, and again, the love affair that the Biden administration has with Iran has convinced Israel and the Saudis and the other Arab countries, who are not friends of Iran, who are life enemies of Iran, that they need to, they can't count on America to keep the peace, and they've kind of been stabbed in the back by America, so they're going to make their own separate deals. And the reason that Saudi Arabia is the sort of most important of the Sunni Gulf Arab states, it's the richest, it's the biggest, it's the one that the others all look to. Um, and so for the Saudis to join in a peace agreement with Israel really kind of puts the capstone on this whole realignment in the Middle East. 
And, you know, the, those countries have gone to war for 50, 60 years. The fact that they're not going to go to war, the fact that they're now going to trade with each other, have a corridor of trade from allowing Mediterranean goods to go into Israel and then from Israel go to Saudi Arabia and others, it, it's a complete game changer. And part of it is to isolate and, in fact, contain Iran. Because Iran is perceived by all the countries in the Middle East, whether they're Arab or not, as the troublemaker. And that Iran wants to control the Middle East, wants death to Israel, death to America, and control all the rest of the Middle East. And this is an effort by the Middle East countries to get together and say, no, no, not so fast. Here's our defensive alliance. Would this have likely happened if the Abraham Accords had not been struck during the Trump years? No, the first step had to be the Abraham Accords. So the Saudis presumably gave the go-ahead to all those other Arab countries to sign the Abraham Accords. What we realized at the beginning of the Trump administration was that a couple of things. One, as long as oil prices would be low, and they would be because of the American energy industry coming online, that simple supply and demand, American oil and natural gas added to the world market brings the price down, right. that, the, that the Saudis would understand that they couldn't afford to to, to you know, to um, fuel their economies, to have oil pay for everything. They needed to diversify their economies. And then they were a younger generation of leaders who had been educated in the West, who were comfortable with Western society, comfortable with an open economy, so that they had an incentive to do it. So in the Trump administration, we took advantage of that. And, and, the, and particularly the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, the guy who's the key mover in the whole place. Right, right, right. As we convinced him to, okay, let's have peace with Israel. It was going to be several steps. The Saudis were going to be the final step. The Saudis would have joined the Abraham Accords and the Trump administration. Um, pretty so in readily. essence, this is the Trump administration's work, just continuing uh, to work itself out. One last question. Does Israel's kind of um, face of diversity have anything to do with making the Saudis feel more comfortable? Because there are Arabs that serve in the uh, Israeli Knesset and um, Israeli Arabs that want to live at peace with their neighbors are welcome to live in all parts of Israel. Yes. And Israeli Arabs, historically, they've always been in the land that we now call Israel and they're Arabs and they live side by side with the Jews, the Israeli Jews, the Israeli Arabs. And they're the fastest, one of the fastest growing parts of the population of Israel. So they've already figured out how to live in peace with each other. Yeah. It's not a religious thing. It's good it, stuff. It has been a tribal peace. So I think that the prospects of, of this is, is just enormous and a major game changer throughout the Middle East. I mean, we think of all the wars we've had yeah. um, in, that have really had their origin in the Middle East, whether it's been the terrorist wars or the various wars between Israel and the Arabs. This is the end of that, yeah. and it's a it's a magnificent game changer. Good news indeed. KT McFarland, always appreciate your help. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Kevin. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back. This is the Duck Commander Phil Robertson. Get your Bible out, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Well, they made a movie about my testimony called The Blind. It's in theaters starting September the 28th. If you or someone you know thinks they're beyond redemption, go see my story. Get your tickets today at theblindmovie.com.
This film is rated PG-13 and may be inappropriate for children under 13. Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I'm older and I have more energy, just like all the commercials that I see on TV. So it really is a help uh, to my well-being. I'm 80 years old. I clean up after 450 kids in a cafeteria for three hours, and then I clean 300 steps. And then I, I vacuum carpets and clean halls in five hours because you know, for an 80-year-old, that's a lot to do. And I still have energy after work. I consider it a, a great success. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature. For a limited time this summer, get $25 off your first order as a preferred customer, plus a free fruits and veggies travel set with free shipping and our money-back guarantee. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KMC. Are you or a loved one battling cancer? Discover Oasis of Hope, an alternative treatment hospital where faith and medicine combine for effective healing. Listen to this testimonial from Michelle Tucker, a cancer victor. The third time I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it had spread to my pancreas, and my doctor had given me four weeks to live. I went to Oasis of Hope, and six years later, I am alive and well. Michelle's story is replicated hundreds of times over, including in the McCullough household. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I thoroughly endorse the Oasis of Hope, and I think you'll find the help that you're looking for. Call 888-500-4673 for a medical consultation and free magazine. Call 888-500-4673. That's 888-500-4673. Oasis of Hope does not guarantee specific outcomes or results. Hello, I'm Mike Vendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest-growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped my pillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got my pillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well rested in the morning. That's why I invented my pillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium MyPillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers. And get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com, promo code. KMC. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I want to talk to you about immune systems. You know, that part of you that helps you fight off things like the common cold, which happens to be a coronavirus, COVID-19, RSV, other upper respiratory infections. Plus, maybe you feel, uh, I don't know, worn down or stressed out. Maybe you need help regulating blood pressure or insulin. Did you know that vitamin D3 does all of that? Vitamin D is not really a vitamin. It's a different type of substance. Your body actually helps make it when sunshine is exposed. But it also plays a very big role in your immune system. And if you have autoimmune dysfunction, it even helps you in that regard. Get your D3 all you need by taking BC Boost. Dr. Jeanette Nishwat's uh, little creation, BC Boost, it's 
combination of B12, vitamin C, vitamin D, and a little bit of zinc to help you stay immune positive. That's bcboost.com, bcboost.com. Obliterating confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. And we're back from Times Square. Glad to have you with us. Sherry Rigby is my special guest, and uh, she was an actress the last time we spoke. Now she's a director, so we've got to be really, really careful here. Um, (laughs) The most powerful position on the movie set. Um, Sherry, this also taps into, and now that I have a 13, 11, and 8-year-old living under the roof... um, no longer ankle biters. Now they're, you know, I don't know, soon to be drivers. It's going to be scary. Um, but I am worried sick yeah. to the degree that social media has um, taken the foothold that it has. We can get the content that we want and we can curate it and we can have what we want and we can kind of live in our own universe that is of our creation of our making. Now, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. believe that that is inherently bad by itself, but something that your storyline really kind of points out is that it can become a myopic existence. And that if the world is to really be impacted by those of us who have skills to impact it, we're going to have to get our mm-hmm. nose off that screen every now and then. Absolutely. And that's such a great point because, and going back to what you were sharing earlier about being fishers of men, right? That's really what I think this movie is all about. It's the discipleship. It's about going out and how do we actually do that? What God calls us to is to serve him first and then to serve others, to love him first, to love others, right? And so I think through this um, thing we call social media and this platform is to be reminded that we are all influencers in some way, shape, or form. And no matter how big you think your platform is, no matter if you're Taylor Swift or no matter if you're the housewife at home, (laughs) you have the opportunity to influence. And so how do you do it and do it well? And so I think that's the question in this movie is how do you tackle this within your family, within your own life? How are you serving through the influence that you have and do it well, the talents and gifts that you use? Um, And that's really, I think, what we wanted to share with this movie is, you know, Liv Golden didn't lose by the end of the movie that she was no longer an influencer. She actually was just using what God had already given her, the talents and gifts and the love, the passion that she already had. He enhanced it because she found him, number one. And number two, she realized that the true influence came from serving others. And in doing so, she could use what she was given to do it better and do it to serve her community. And you see that. And I think that culturally, we as believers have to ask ourselves the same question. Yeah. Well, what I would love for people that are watching uh, right now to do is, or listening, um, either way, if you're on radio or TV, it doesn't matter. Um, but what I'd love for you to do is not only to uh, watch Divine Influencer for yourself, but then to, um, after you've seen it and you've kind of comprehended the, the, the mission of the movie, is invite five or six friends that are anywhere on the faith spectrum, whether, whether they, they haven't crossed over into belief in Christ or not, whether they're living kind of a, 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 you know, an offstandish life to their faith or whether they're somewhere trying to seek a deeper existence. I, I think this is the kind of movie that because of the humor, because of the charm, because of the message, because of the production quality and values and, and everything that's attached to it, th- you can use this to be a discussion starter of great substance 
to the people that are in your life. And particularly if there are people that you care about from a spiritual perspective, you know, there's Mm -hmm. very few of us, Sherry, that will ever tell our story about how we came to God without mentioning the name of someone who challenged us to consider it and to think um, on some level. And, and this movie to me, and from the very first moment that I kind of grasped the concept of is like, this is, this is exactly what this was meant to do. This is Mm -hmm. meant to be that big challenge, but in a winsome way that we don't do enough of. And hopefully uh, people will uh, say, Hey, I want, I'm going to wrestle with what you've, you've made me think about here. Absolutely. And that's such a great point because we did really try to craft the story in a way that people could come and sit down and go, how is this, you know, they ask themselves those questions, right? They can share it with friends that are on all different spectrums of where they're at as far as their faith goes. But I think the the interesting thing that you just said to Kevin was, you know, with, with introducing it to friends and, and asking those questions, I was just on with another young woman here not long ago, and she was sharing, sharing how after she watched the movie, she actually took a step back and, and really wanted to see about some of the things she was doing in her own life, what she was actually putting on her own social media, how she was actually influencing others, but also how she was doing it in a way that was in her community. And, and these are all big questions and they should be something that we're talking more about today. And, and we think that our culture that the world tells us, because we see it all in the politics and the news and social media and the superstars, they all say, Hey, we're doing it. We're serving all these people. We're so about everybody else. But the reality is, is they're not, they're actually more about themselves and how many likes and comments and shares they get versus how are they actually encouraging, sharing, and making sure that they're standing for the righteousness of God, the glory of his kingdom first, and then loving others as well where they're at. Sherry Rigby, great to see you. Thank you so much, Kevin. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming back from Times Square. We're having a little fun. Stay with us. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024, and on July 4th, stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. Thatkevintour.com. Thatkevintour.com. Or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com. For those of you that know, we have been doing all that we can to help liberate human trafficking and human slaves uh, with Christian Solidarity International this year. It's our annual cause, and we have 192 names of women that need our assistance this year. Uh, Women that have experienced some excruciating things. And I want to say thank you to those of you that have already called, 888-342-1010. We have helped liberate uh, more than a dozen now this year. I want to tell you the story of Ayak. Ayak uh, was born in northern Sudan. She was born into slavery. Her mother and father had been taken from South Sudan when they were just young kids. Uh, and she grew up as a slave's 
uh, child. She saw her mother regularly be beaten by her Arab slave master. Then there was the day that her father was told to go to the farm to work, but because of how sick he was, he physically couldn't walk. His master got so angry at him, he said, you dirty, dirty, dirty dog, if you don't go to the farm, you will die. He couldn't walk, so the Arab master shot my father dead right in front of me, says Ayak when she tells her story later. Uh, as she was growing up and getting a little bit older, that master sold her out to another master who raped her repeatedly, who forced her to uh, commit uh, genital mutilation on herself, and who told her that uh, she would not get to keep the children that she had from that slave master. Uh, she would do hard work every day, carry water, long distances, uh, clean clothing, clean things in the house, uh, take abuse from the Arab master's wife. She said, I have seen so many slaves in the area who face the same thing as me. She said, but then one day a retriever found me. I was walking to the well to fetch water. He asked me to leave and go with him. His name was Osman Bashir, and he had many men with him. They took me to his camp and brought me back to South Sudan. Friends, that's the story of an actual liberation of an actual slave. And that's the people that we help when you call 888-342-1010. There are 175 women that we know we can yet save this year. We just need your help. 888-342-1010. 888-342-1010. Help us liberate every slave right now. For $250, you not only affect their liberation, but you set them up with everything they need for a new life uh, in their home in South Sudan, uh, including grain, seed, utensils, uh, other things that they need to create uh, a life for themselves. And you do it when you call 888-342-1010. Or go to bringherhome.org. happening in New York or across the globe. Learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. So glad to have you with us. You know, one of the things here at the Kevin McCullough uh, Radio broadcast that we do all the time is we, we look at the headlines of the day. We try to give you a biblical worldview of what's going on and try to give you some understanding of it. But, you know, getting to the point where a culture has a biblical worldview is increasingly difficult. In fact, we are we are completely the antithetical of that in most um, aspects of our society and culture now. And we see that in policy and in practice uh, across the board. But there are organizations that are in the world, uh, but not of the world. They're, they're talking to the culture, but they're trying to uh, help that culture find its faith and hope in a, in a true source of uh, truth and reliability, that being Jesus himself. And that's why I'm excited to have Pastor Daniel Moore joining us. He's president of World Missionary Evangelism, which was started back in 1958, primarily for missionary and evangelistic purposes. Daniel Moore, welcome to Kevin McCullough Radio. Good to have you. Kevin, thank you for having me. And it's it's such a blessing to be be on with you guys. And we love New York City. We yeah. love that New York area. We've We've been there for now several decades. Yeah. Well, and I was, as I was, um, just being reminded of that this week, I thought, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, potent that we're having this discussion the day after 9-11. Because, Pastor, I think a lot of people, um, 
look at the culture 22 years after that attack and think on some level, everybody's moved on and that we, you know, we're back to life as normal again, but there was a brief window of time immediately after the attack where churches were full, people were seeking God. They had a desire to understand the eternal more than they had previously been mostly because of the traumatic events. Where, where, where do you, where do you see us at right now in terms of, you know, where, where we are and what the world needs? You know, and, and you're right, Kevin. I, I think we need to get back to that hunger for God, that, that love for God, that, that, that heart that cries out to God. God, we need you. I think that was our cry during 9-11. Uh, we didn't know what to do, what was going on. We were uh, unsure about what was happening. So we, we, when you're unsure, when you don't know what's going on, you go to a, a higher source. You go to, to, to look for, for that, that help. And, and, uh, you know, we know through as, 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 children of God, we know as, as Christians that our higher source is, is through Christ, through God's help. And, and I think that's what happened. People started crying out to God mm. and, and that's what we need. We need, we need for people to, to go to, to start crying out to the Lord, ask God, God, we need you in our, in our country. We need you in our, our society. That is certainly uh, the case. And it's exhibited on the front page of the paper nearly every day. Let me shift gears a little bit. Um, WME, World Missionary Evangelism, has been focusing for these many years on trying to uh, build churches, orphanages, uh, school systems, which I think are wonderful, uh, medical and dental clinics, housing in some places, and trying to equip um, pastors in the field for ministry as best they can that helps to stabilize families and communities. Uh, and you're working in a number of countries. Let me just mention some of them, Ukraine, Nigeria, Kenya, India, the Philippines. <laughs> these are not, some of these countries are, are very, very tough. Uh, Pastor Daniel Moore, uh, what is the, um, what, what is the outlook for 2023 into 2024 for WME? And what, what are you anticipating uh, and asking God to do in the next season? And, and you, thank you, Kevin. And you know, one of the, one of those things that you, you, you alluded to earlier and you were talking about was the Christian worldview. And, uh, we're, we have, we actually have a school and this is, this is amazing. We have a school in Nicaragua with uh, 300 plus students and we have a church inside the school. <laughs> and this is a school that, that where, where people, where, where these kids come and get an education, but they're also taught the Christian worldview. And, and so we have a church on site at that school and the same thing in, in Kenya and in, uh, with Ukraine. Um, uh, this was something that, that started during the war and, uh, we're helping the refugees that have been scattered, uh, the, the Ukrainian refugees. And, and I often tell people for us, it's not politics, it's people. We don't focus on the politics of what's going on. We focus on the people that are hurting. And our heart is to help those that are hurting. That was our vision years ago. And, and that's why we're in so many areas and in so many different, uh, what, what we, our heart here is when God opens the door, we need to run through it. And you mentioned some of the countries we're in. We're in some of the countries that are, are even hostile to the gospel. We're in countries where it's majority Muslim, majority Buddhist, majority Hindu, but God has given us a grace and God has given us an open door and we, uh, our heart is when God opens the door, we need to take advantage of that. Mm. And Kevin, I'll share a quick story with you about one of those countries. We were in Sri Lanka 
And in Sri Lanka, we've built 17 water wells. And uh, the, one of the last water wells we built was near a church. And the, the monks actually uh, said that they weren't going to us, allow us to build a water well there. And they had actually opposed us uh, digging a water well there for the people. Well, the people rose up and they said, these people have done so much good for us. And the monks were afraid of the, the, the opposition from the people. They let us build that water well near that church. That church was running maybe 30 or 40. Now it's running over 100. That's the power of the gospel. That's what God can do. Well, and that's just a little tiny taste, friend, of what world missionary evangelism is doing and is all about. Um, Pastor, I want to give people an opportunity, if they are familiar with your ministry, uh, to support you. What's the best way that they can do that? Well, Kevin, the best way is they can either, there's two ways. They can call us if they need more information and we can give them information, or they can go directly to our webpage. Our webpage is very simple. It's wme.org. Once again, it's wme.org, or they can call us at 214-942-1678. Pastor Daniel Moore, thank you so much for what you're doing, and thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back from New York. Don't go away. of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule changing the world one life at a time i ran this by my doctor i always run it by her everything i take and i told her i've been taking this for a while is this is this okay to take she goes oh this is wonderful for you to take keep taking it she goes i approved it this is very good so she said yes this is one thing you can take that's very good I'm not going to stop taking out nature. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com. For a limited time this summer, get $25 off your first order as a preferred customer, plus a free fruits and veggies travel set with free shipping and our money back guarantee. That's 1-800-246-8751. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KMC. Hello, I'm Mike Vendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest-growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night, and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. 
My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers. And get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com promo code. KMC. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024, and on July 4th, stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details, like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. thatkevintour.com thatkevintour.com or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com What you need to know when you need it. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, uh, Kevin McCullough, just closing out uh, today's uh, Kevin McCullough radio show. Um, it's been a rough couple of weeks for President Biden on the uh, whole issue of race. I don't know if you've paid attention. Last week, he uh, prepared a speech in which, during the speech, he um, congratulated the lifelong work of the Congressional Black Caucus, and he praised the uh, leadership of the Congressional Black Caucus, and he reminded them of how at one point in time he took a knee in a black church with the Congressional Black Caucus during the uh, George Floyd thing. And he continued to uh, just sing the praises of the Congressional Black Caucus for many, many minutes into his speech. The, the only problem was is that he was addressing the Congressional Hispanic Caucus. And nobody stopped him. And he just kept on going. It's fairly tin-eared, a little bit deaf, tone deaf, um, but not the worst crime ever. Um, you remember the time when he was actually campaigning against then-candidate pre uh, President Obama. And he said uh, <clears throat> something about how President Obama, then-candidate Obama, was... Um, so clean and, and well-spoken. I mean, for a black guy, this was this was his tone. For a black guy, he's so clean and well-spoken. On Saturday, he was trying to make a point about something in an address that he was making to a group. And he got a little bit mixed up on what he was talking about. And he said, two of the great artists of our time represented the groundbreaking legacy of hip-hop in America, LL Cool J 
And then he said, by the way, that boy, he's got biceps bigger than my thighs. Now, I look, I, I can't tell LL Cool J what to feel and what not to feel. I know the term, especially if you if you say, you know, if you dress a young man, look boy, like I, I get the I get the sensitivity there. But a lot of people talk about athletes or very, you know, um, a variety of people in different public veins as, you know, wow, that boy is really fast or whatever. And they're not talking about the, the guy's race. I've heard that expression be used, you know, about basketball players that aren't black and, and other things. So I, I don't think you always have to pile on. But I will say this. He seems to have a remarkable problem with this. Like he's just not aware. You know, he, he gave the eulogy at Robert Byrd's funeral, who was a grand Klegel in the, in the Ku Klux Klan. It, there's, there's a lot of problematic issues when it comes to uh, President Biden and the uh, race issue as a whole. And though there has been a bit of a storm over this issue with LL Cool J, I don't, I don't know that it's amounted to much, but... Thinking you're talking to the Congressional Black Caucus and you're talking to the Hispanic Congressional Caucus. A little bit of a mix-up there. His speechwriter should have done better for him on that. All right, Kevin McCullough, we'll see you next time.